Welcome to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the RV Dreaming Podcast. Stuart with you here from Stuart Doing Stuff on Instagram. If you haven't followed me already, I encourage you to do so because if you had followed, if you're following me, you, you would have seen in the last couple days or so, I'm out in Idaho. I'm over by the Lava Hot Springs, which I intend to go and, and hit up later on today or tomorrow at some point and go and check this out. If you've never been to the Lava Hot Springs, it's down here right over um, by the uh, Idaho and Utah border, and there's just huge water slides and diving platforms and swimming pools and a whole bunch of other stuff. Great for families, entertainment, kids. I'm going to go and and shower and soak into the tubs and just relax for a little bit before I get back onto the road and get back to real life, you know. But if, if you saw my Instagram, you'll see that on my way over, I was traveling from Boise all the way to Idaho Falls. And um, there is a, they call it the Niagara Falls of Idaho. And what does that mean? Well, there's this really cool waterfall area that you can go and explore. There's RV parking. It's $5 to get in. So what my plan was, I was going to drive. It's about a two-hour drive from, it's in Twin Falls, Idaho. It's about a two-hour drive from Boise to Twin Falls, Idaho. So it's about my halfway point on my journey where I needed to get to where I am at today at the Lava Hot Springs. So I decided I was going to drive the two hours, go into the park, cook lunch there, get some work done, check out the falls and just have a great time. And it was it was fantastic. It is it is it is not free. It's five dollars per car, not per person. So you can go in there for five bucks and there's a, a little gift shop and souvenir shops, there's toilets, there's R V parking and dumpsters that you're able to use as well. So that was all really, really nice. But when I got down there, because you have to go down deep into this little canyon area, there wasn't really good cell reception, but I set up my Starlink and not a problem. I was able to get all the work done that I needed to get done. But the the falls are amazing, and I don't unfortunately have a lot of information about it other than this is like the feeder thing that goes into it. It was once a big basin, and the water filled up the area in between Nevada and Utah. It feeds into the Great Salt Lake, and it's just an amazing experience if you want to go down there, take some selfies, take some pictures. There is one little platform that you can kind of walk up over to, and when I went, walked over there, you can actually feel the mist of the water as it's flowing down into the, the water, the, the, the river or the lake below it as it's coming up. You can feel that mist. It was really, really something. So I encourage you to check it out. It's not an all-day activity. It's a one- or two-hour activity maybe, but hey, for five bucks, not horrible. And like I said, I decided I was going to make a little day of it, and I made my lunch, and or I cooked some lunch and, and got some work done while I was down there and, uh, and, and threw some stuff in the dumpster because, <laughs> you know, it was there. So today I'm really excited for our guest because people call me crazy for living in a van with two cats. Well, the people we're going to talk to have four cats in a tiny little uh, toy hauler, and not just any toy hauler, a really unique front-end toy hauler. So we're going to be talking with them. They're the Wandering Shores. That's coming up next on the RV Dreaming Podcast. See the action on Instagram. Stuart doing stuff. Hear about it on the podcast. You know, I love talking to travelers. They just have such a 
a unique perspective. You know, I see things from a different perspective, but other thing, other people see things differently. And so I'm really excited to introduce to you our next guest from the Wandering Shores YouTube channel. They're traveling with four different cats. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program, Kyle and Michelle Shore. Thanks, Stuart. Welcome, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having us on. We're Kyle and Michelle Shore. We hit the road from Indianapolis, Indiana back in September of 2020. We drive a... Ram pickup 1500 and we're pulling a 28 foot travel trailer. It is a front end toy hauler. So the uh, the actual toy hauler door is on the front passenger side of the, you know, the RV. So you can actually pull a small dirt bike or a, um, a small ATV or something in the front. We don't have any of those big boy toys, you know, like Stuart does, but uh, we've got mountain bikes. And obviously, as Stuart mentioned, we have four cats. September 2020 is obviously during the height of COVID. Was that kind of what made you guys say, you know what, screw it, I'm out of here? Or was this something that you guys have been planning before, since before COVID? No, COVID didn't make us want to leave. This was a plan that was in the making for five years. We had a five-year plan when we would hit the road and it just so happened that it was originally it was supposed to be June of 2020 when we hit the road, but with COVID, we delayed it by three months. We originally kind of came up with this crazy idea as a lot of our friends and family call it. <laughs> Back in 2014, we had actually visited some friends up in Ketchikan, Alaska, and they were living in a uh, rental house and they were pretty much minimalists. And so we really kind of started talking about the tiny house movement. And we thought maybe that was the direction we wanted to go is to build a tiny house um, ourselves on a on a flatbed trailer or something. Um, and we soon realized that those things are extremely heavy, extremely tedious to build, and you need a huge truck to pull them because they're so heavy. So we kind of come, came back to Indianapolis from Ketchikan and devised this five-year plan to downsize our lives. And so in June, June 22nd, actually, of 2015, we sold our sticks and bricks with the intention and uh, to move into something smaller. And we moved into, we call it a tiny house, but it was more of a tiny cabin out on a lake outside of Indianapolis. And it was 325 square feet. And that gave us, you know, an opportunity to get rid of a bunch of the stuff that we had, as well as get accustomed to living in a much smaller space. And so that's what we did in uh, June of 20 of 2015 with the plan to leave for the road in June of 2020. Since we hit the road, we've both picked up jobs, remote jobs. There's a company called Appen that we work with and they do a lot of like almost like survey jobs, gig work where you kind of fill out surveys and things like that. So we've been doing that. And then we ran into some luck. Michelle can kind of tell you about uh, what she found when we were hit the road and ran into this couple, these uh, two friends in in color, or where were we? Oh, Big, Texas. We were in Big, Big Bend. Bend. Yeah. yeah. So I met a friend while we were in Big Bend, and she was telling me that her sister-in-law works for an educational survey company, and they might be hiring. So I reached out to them and didn't get hired right away because they weren't hiring, but her sister-in-law reached back out to me a couple months later. And so I'm now working as an account manager, basically a project manager. And I have about 30 clients that I work with and just walk them through the survey process. They do uh, social emotional learning and mental health surveys. And 
there's even numerous surveys past that that they offer. Find us online. RVDreaming.tv. Remember to hit that subscribe button. More with The Wandering Shores coming up next. We're going to talk boondocking, how they find their spots, and much more. How would you? conversation leave us a voice message on our hotline 714-623-9824 that's 714-623-9824 714-623-9824 
Leave us a voice message. You might just hear yourself on an upcoming episode of the RV Dreaming Podcast. Well, enough about that boring stuff. You know, let's That's talk great. about you guys' travel. You know, right. um, you're saying that you're out in Colorado right now. You're doing some boondocking. Is that kind of like your your preferred style of, of camping? Or yeah, I, I would say we probably we probably boondock and dispersed camping ninety five percent of the time. It's very very rare that we're ever in a campground. I think in the last two years we've been in maybe three campgrounds for a total of maybe 10 days. So we we primarily just find dispersed camping. You know, we're members of Harvest Host and Boondockers Welcome as well. We don't find that we use those as much as maybe a lot of people do just because we tend not to move far enough away from spot to spot to need a quick overnight or two. Um, so we kind of just go from one boondocking spot to another. So yeah, we're outside of Leadville, Colorado right now, the highest town in America or incorporated town in America. Yep. So we're here at, uh, on some dispersed camping land here, closing in next Tuesday. So today's Friday. So in about four days, we're going to have to move because we're going to hit our 14 day stay limit. But yeah, we boondock almost exclusively. Last year, here's a little side note. I was up in Leadville, probably close to where you guys are right now. I was camping oh, okay. with, uh, a bunch of people right right around this time, right, you know, July or something like that, I think, actually. We we got together. There were probably about eight rigs, ten rigs or, or so as part of this group that I was boondocking with. And we decided on a Tuesday to have a little Taco Tuesday party. So we all, a little potluck, everyone goes out, and you got the big taco bar, burrito bar, margarita bar. The whole thing going on that night got a little out of control for a lot of us. So, uh -huh. and, and you know this, you got to clean up. Like you can't oh, yeah. leave food out, you know, when you're, when you're that high yep. up, right. You, know, you gotta, you know, but I think whatever happened, everybody kind of just retreated without putting everything away. And on um, some zoom cams and some, uh, not some zoom cams, some uh, nest cams and, and yeah. uh, security mm -hmm. cams, big old bear, huge. Oh. One of the biggest things was in, we're in our camp and you see it going through and kind of picking stuff up. So it picked up on some people's motion alarms and sensor lights started going off. And uh, I remember on the video, um, one of the people that we were with, she opened up her, her door to her fifth wheel and the bear looked up and then just ran away. Oh. But it was huge. And it was just like, the, but it was so scared. Like as soon as that light turned on and that door opened, it took, it looked and took off. It was yeah. like, it was not a threat. It was, but it was like, whoa, we uh, kind of screwed that one up. A yeah, little that, bit. <laughs> that's, that's not the best boondocking etiquette to leave all the food out, to say the no, least. And I, I think the margarita bar got to a lot of people and yeah. everyone just yeah. kind of went. Were you guys <laughs> over near Turquoise Lake or, or Twin Lakes? I, you know, honestly, I don't remember. I just remember okay. we were up in the Leadville area. And, yeah. um, and there was a lake close by that a lot of people hiked to. And and brought camping tents and stuff and decided they were going to camp outside and, and do that little tent camping. Yeah. But after the bear thing, I was like, nope, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. I'm yeah we're we're a little, you know, the, the location we're at is just north of Leadville and it's it's only got probably six or seven spots. I think it's it's called Buckeye Gulch. I think it used to be an old maybe National Forest or BLM campground because there's there's concrete slabs kind of intermixed within all the bushes and trees. They're, they've long been overgrown, but it looks like it's tracks for where you would drive your camper up onto. But what's interesting we found is that we tried to do that when we got here, and they're just a little bit thinner than what our tires are. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, decades ago, they built RV trailers a little bit thinner than they do now. 
um, because our, our RV wouldn't fit on the kind of the concrete slab that was there. But but yeah, I think this is an old BLM campground, perhaps. Um, but there's only probably about seven or eight total spots, but it's nice and quiet other than the road noise. Um, you know, we're pretty close to the road, but, you know, it doesn't really bother Michelle yeah, and I. It's never really bothered us. So how do you guys find your boondocking spots? The five years before we hit the road, I watched a lot of YouTube. I mean, I still watch a lot of YouTube. He was, I mean, he was obsessive about it. There was one point in time I was like, you got to stop. This is all you do. But he has learned a ton and is the master planner for us. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, for those five years watching a lot of YouTube, what I would do is if we had, um, you know, somebody that we were following that we were watching their video and they mentioned where they were camping and I would go and I try to, if they didn't talk too much about it, I'd go, go try to find it on Campendium or freecampsites.net. Those are the primary two that we use. Um, so before hitting the road, I had a, a Google map that probably had 500 camp spots that I knew based on YouTube videos or whatever that we could fit into. Um, you know, we're not that, we're not an overly large vehicle. We're not a 40 foot you know, fifth wheel, but, you know, we've got a 28 foot travel trailer. So we got clearance issues sometimes. So I knew that it, we weren't necessarily going to be able to depend exclusively on I overlander because a lot of those are overlanding vehicles or vans yeah. or cars or things like that. So we did that. I, so I started creating that map back in 2015, probably following a lot of our favorite YouTubers at the time recording, you know, where their spots were. And then Subsequently, we've just been kind of word of mouth. You know, we still are our Campendium Pro members, so we get the weekly email. And if they list a bunch of campsites, I go and find out if they're ones that we might at some point want to, to, to try out. So we do that and then pay it forward, I guess. We started doing a lot of campsite reviews on our channel um, so that we're trying to help people out like we got helped out when we first hit the road and, you know, provide walkthroughs and information about what resources are available in the area. So I, I would say primarily it's either my map or Campendium is what we're using now. You're listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and thanks for listening. More with the Wandering Shores coming up in just a bit. I'm going to find out, like, after being on the road for so long, does it get boring? We'll find out what they say right after this. You're listening to the RV Dreaming Radio Podcast.
online. RVDreaming.tv. Remember to hit that subscribe button. You've been on the road for, you left in 2020, so about three years now, right? Yep, correct. Has it gotten old for you yet? Or are you still like waking up every day going like, wow, I can't believe what I'm doing? <laughs> I don't think it's gotten old. Um, and <clears throat> I don't know if, if we're like most full-time RVers, but I mean, when we go to a place, we're there for, you know, as long as possible, like the full two weeks, the 14 day stay. And because we just, we don't, we're not quick movers. And what we do when we're on the road is we live, we're just living many a day where we don't even leave to go anywhere. We're just in the camper working, doing our normal stuff at the camper. Yeah, yeah, I think the other thing that's kind of changed it up for us when we first hit the road, we we basically migrated from Indiana through West Virginia, visited some friends, mooch stocking, and then came kind of came down the eastern coast there, the Carolinas and Georgia, and then ended up wintering the first year in Florida. And other than the friends that we were staying with, we weren't really running into, in part because we were just staying on our friend's land, but we weren't really running into other RVers until we got to Florida and kind of met the our first like road friends, we call them. And, um, and that kind of has started to change the way we travel. We don't just travel exclusively by ourselves anymore. When we first arrived here there, well, since we've been here, there's been three other couples that have been here with us. They've subsequently moved on to their next destination, but we've met a lot of friends over the years now on the road and we've traveled with them a lot. And so that's always kind of kept it interesting and changed it up. And, you know, um, you and I first met, well, originally it was through Starlink website, I think on Facebook, because um, you you were kind of the leader of the Starlink crew on that Facebook page. But then we met in Tucson at an escapers event. And so I think that, that we've continued to do uh, primarily now escapers events, but we were originally, we went to the escapees, uh, the bat or not the, the escapade. escapade. Yeah. Escapade in 2021. And so we've met a lot of people. So I think it's always kind of kept it new for us, but it's also nice because there's periods of time like right now where we're not traveling with anyone. So we're not necessarily on anybody else's schedule either. Um, so, you know, we just chill at home and do our stuff and watch TV and, we're going mountain biking this afternoon, so we still get out and and are active, um, but we don't feel like we have to. I, I think a lot of people get into RVing full time, and they think it's like they have to live like it's vacation, where they have to get a, something needs to get done every day. And if if, if we're with our friends, sometimes we kind of take mm -hmm. that approach, but then there's other times when they all go do something, and we just don't feel like it, and we just stay at home too. But no, I, I don't I don't feel like it's kind of got old hat now. I think it's ever changing. You know, we're going to a new location next week, north of uh, Boulder, Colorado, that we've never been to. So we're kind of excited about that as well. So we're talking to the Wandering Shores here on the RV Dreaming Radio podcast. They travel with cats, just like I do. And we're going to talk about how they train their cats for travel days and what it's like for them and their little feline companions coming up next on the RV Dreaming Radio podcast.
Join the conversation. Leave us a voice message on our hotline. 714-623-9824. That's 714-623-9824. 714-623-9824. Leave us a voice message. You might just hear yourself on an upcoming episode of the RV Dreaming Podcast. You know, but even though you might be traveling by yourself and, and you don't have your friends around you, you know what you do have with you? You got your four cats. Yeah, <laughs> you're never alone. I'm sure you've always you've always got someone that is getting into something that you've always got <laughs> that, that you've got to be on the lookout that, for. For us, that someone would be our cat Marley. He is <laughs> he's the one who is the most difficult to manage. Um, you know, he's he's figured out how to open the screen door. And this was early on. He figured out how to open the screen door in our travel trailer. So we had to jimmy rig it so that he couldn't push the button anymore. And then he learned how to slide the little plastic, you know, slider thing <laughs> to hit the other hit the other, uh, you know, handle. Yeah. And so we had to create a little spring loaded um, thing that will automatically close that slider so that he can't push it open. And yeah, he's and he's also he's the youngest. I mean, he's like eight or nine. He's, he's the alpha. Yeah, but he's definitely the one who's always causing trouble. Yeah, we don't allow our cats to go outside. They're strictly indoor cats. And I think they've adjusted pretty well. I'd say I, I think they're spoiled by me a little bit more. Yes. <laughs> um, on travel days, they do ride in a truck with us. To this day on travel days, I don't sit in the front seat. I sit in the back seat with the cats. <laughs> um, I did that early on to kind of help calm their nerves because we had one, uh, about two of them that were that were pretty nervous about having to to be in the back seat of the truck when it was moving, and they do a lot better with me back there. I haven't gravitated to the front seat yet. So let's talk about how you made that transition when you first started moving because you got to introduce the cats to the truck like you were saying you got to introduce them to the rv you've got to introduce them to the element that they're moving and so how did you do that you know how did you train them on that and how long did it take well we got our camper in what 2018 yeah beginning of 18 yeah so we had some opportunities to go on short camping trips. I mean, there was even one time we camped across the lake where we were actually living for the weekend. So they got ample time in the truck. And then we we actually brought two of the cats to the camper at a time. When we were parked across the lake, we took two cats with us, introduced them to the camper. And, and then we did the same thing on another <clears throat> short trip with the other two cats until we were doing it with all four cats. So, I mean, it was a process, but I would say that the truck was was really, took the longest for at least one of our cats to get accustomed to. Yeah, I think with the travel, I mean, now it's, it's second hat for them for the most part. But, you know, I think we made some mistakes in the beginning. You know, I think we would have them in the back seat of the truck and we would both be sitting up front. First trip I remember us taking, we didn't put a litter box back there and one of them got kind of car sick. And then as soon as he got car sick, then he just pooped on the on the <laughs> on the chair. I mean, we've got we've got a cover on it. Um, you know, for like a protective cover, but at the same time. So, you know, we made some mistakes, but slowly but surely, you know, things have, have gotten better. I mean, if we're on a really, really twisty road, Mushi is the one that would kind of get motion sick when we're in the car. Um, so I, you know, I just try to take them a little bit slower than I might, 
you know, I try to make it more of a straight line through a cor corner if I can, as long as I'm not crossing the double yellow, of course. <laughs> do you do you crate them when you're when they're in the truck, or do you let them no. just kind of yeah, let them they go wherever? Yeah, they have free reign. We what we've done is we've put what we call a police screen, but basically it's meant for you know pickup trucks to keep the dogs in the back seat. Mm -hmm. We've gotten one of those and put them behind our our driver and passenger seats, so it's more like a police car there. And so Michelle sits in the back behind the screen with the cats. Um, you know, they've got their litter box and then we've got like a little collapsible hut that they like to sometimes climb in. One of them does, Nico does. Um, and then uh, Michelle just kind of sits back there and takes care of them. And for the most part, once they get in the car, they just kind of chill in the back seat, except for Marley. Yeah. Who's... Three of them will yeah. sleep most of the way, but Marley is always back and forth. He's like I said, he's the alpha. He, if, if Kyle starts slowing down, he'll perk his head up and want to know where we're at <laughs> yeah and if he hears me talk he he'll stand right down on the floor between you know kind of where the center council is on the back and he'll meow at me until i kind of reach down there around the police screen and and pet him so he's he's always a handful and he's he's the youngest i mean uh marley is around i think he's eight or nine years old we took him as a a, a stray that was in our uh, community where we had our our tiny house and then we've got Nico, who's 16, and Mushi and Chanel are 14, I think. Wow. So, you know, they're they're older cats now. We actually had a fifth cat, Abigail, or Abby, when we hit the before we hit the road. But she was, we, we knew she wasn't going to be a travel cat. Um, she really was very standoffish with us. She wouldn't let us pick her up. She didn't like the other cats. And so we were able to adopt her out to a, a, another guy in the community where we were who didn't have any other animals. And so she did a little bit better or does a little bit better there. Um, so, you know, we've had as many as six cats. So we're the crazy cat people at one time, <laughs> only four when it comes to living full time in the RV. You know, two things, you know, just thinking about what you were saying, it's it's good that they're sleeping, you know, when they're on the road, it means they're comfortable, they're just chilling. You know, my cats will do that too. But the minute I stop and turn the engine off, the first thing <laughs> yeah. they do is they run out, they look out the window, they want to go, oh, like, yeah. where am I? You yeah. know, that's, they're like, what's new? Where am I? Yeah. You know, and I might be the only person that chooses where I'm going to camp because it's like, oh, wow, there's some birds over there. Or look at, there's a oh. good view. There's some good kitty TV over on this side, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, they really, uh, a lot of times boondocking out here, you know, you get out into this, the property where the farmer's allowed to let the cows free range. And mm -hmm. so the cows will be coming up to the camper all that. I mean, it happens on a regular basis. Yeah. And Marley is always at the window, just, you know, watching them like a hawk, wanting to know what these big, big, these big animals outside are doing. And it's, you know, he, they love watching out the windows for the most part. Something Chanel could care less. She just, <laughs> she just lays on the, on the, on the bed all day long. So, yeah. you know, just this morning, you know, you, you, you know, your cat's behavior, you know what they do. Yeah. You kind of, you know what they're, so when something's different, you know, it kind of catches your eye, like, wait a minute, what's going on? Where are they? Just this morning when I was getting ready to um, preparing and, and everything, I was like, where are the cats? They're not where they normally are. And so on, in my van, there's a, I have a little curtain that separates like where the front is to the back. Mm -hmm. So I pop my head open and both cats are sitting up on the front dash. And there's another cat, a third one sitting on the hood of the van on oh. the outside. <laughs> and they were just like, I don't know, having a little stare down. Yeah. You know, there's oh, no so, meowing. Yes. Yeah. There's no meowing. There's no hissing. There was no whatever. But they were just like all having this little stare down, three way stare down competition. So <laughs> it know? sounds like you're maybe going to get yourself a third cat. 
No. RVDreaming.tv. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to hit that subscribe button. I wanna live your life. I wanna dream your dreams. Lick the moons, catch them stars in the night. Every superpower that is yours will be mine. I'll be that it girl, pouting mouth, crossing the line. just about out of time here is there anything else guys that you guys want to really briefly touch on anything else that you feel like um you want to share your wisdom with everybody listening or are... uh, i think i think for me when we when we approached our family and friends with this idea that we were going to quit our good jobs and just kind of go live in an rv down by the river kind of thing um there was a lot of apprehension like people are like what the heck are you doing this is the dumbest thing i've ever heard and um, you know, and, and now those same people are like, I wish I was you. I wish I'd have the, the, the cojones to do that, you know, and, and we talk about it and, and, you know, though we were 47, when we hit the road. The, the thing I always say is I wish I had done it a little bit sooner because there it's been such a refreshing change to the day-to-day lifestyle that I was living of driving to work, driving to the gym and driving home. I don't know, even when we do settle down at some point, I don't know that I could go back to a nine to five job 
just with the flexibility that I've been living my life with for the last three years. So I just encourage anybody who's listening, who's kind of on the fence, you know, yeah, it's scary. It's scary to quit your job or to sell everything you have and to downsize and to hit the road. But, you know, once you get out here, you're going to very quickly realize, man, I should have done it sooner. Yeah. There's everyone I've met says, I wish I would have started sooner as opposed to people saying, you know, I, I wasn't ready. You yeah, know, I've never heard that. You know, everyone always says, "I wish I would have started sooner." So, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're we're in that same in that same boat. That's yeah. that's been our experience as well. We've been talking here with Kyle Mistel Shore from the Wandering Shores. If anyone listening wants to get in touch with them or start following their adventures, I know you guys are on YouTube. You have a website. You've got all that stuff. How can people find you if they want to learn more about you or get in touch? Our primary source is is YouTube. So you know, the Wandering Shores with an A, not W O. It's W A. Um, we're on YouTube, and then our website is www thewanderingshores.com. You'll find links to our videos. You'll find an interactive map where we've done campsite reviews so that if you want to see a boondocking spot that you're in an area that you're going to, that's there along with other information about us. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram, um, same, you know, the same social media contact, The Wandering Shores. Thanks so much, guys, for being on our podcast. I really appreciate it. You can find them in our show notes. So you don't, if, you, if you're if you driving and you didn't have a chance to write all their stuff down, just go down to our show notes and you'll be able to click on all of their stuff. That's The Wandering Shores. Check them out. And that's going to do it for this episode of the RV Dreaming Radio Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. My name is Stuart from Stuart Doing Stuff. If you haven't done so already, find me on Instagram because I've got a lot of travel adventures up on that site and a lot of what I'm doing on that Instagram page on my travels I talk about here on the podcast. All right. So thanks again for listening. Enjoy your travels. Make them safe. Make them fun and make them memorable. Thanks for listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. See the action on Instagram. Stuart doing stuff. Hear about it on the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We'll see you in the next episode.